Would you like to live a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Vetter as he introduces you to cultures of health and healing. Get ready now to try out some healing beliefs and practices from far and wide. Here's the host of your show, Robert Vetter. Welcome back, my dear family of listeners. I'm here today again with Bernadette Torres, who describes herself as a grandma herbalist. I'll describe her as a master herbalist. Um, but she's going to be here today to tell us a little bit about the work that she does now and some ideas about how you, the listener, can take some of this uh, knowledge that she has and turn it into something that you can use in your daily life today. So, Bernadette, welcome back. Thank Please. you. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Hi, Bernadette. So glad to see you. So um, glad to see you, too. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing today and what our listeners can do if they go visit you and how they can use some of these teachings in their life today. Okay. So um, the big question that you get from people when they come to visit the garden is, how can I have a garden like this? And, um, you know, what I always tell people is to start small. So I've been doing this for, you know, over 40 years, um, really over 40, 50 years. But, you know, um, in the very beginning, my garden would be like a six by 10 foot length. And I would grow things that we could eat. You know, I always made sure there was tomatoes in there or cucumbers or carrots, lettuce, things like that. Um, Now my garden is predominantly herbs. Now, one of the things that people, anybody could grow is calendula. And calendula is a very powerful medicinal plant. Um, what I, what I um, suggest to people to, is to get a packet of seed, to start it from seed. You could go out and buy them, and that's fine. But really, you learn the most by taking a packet of seed and looking at those seeds and studying the seed, holding it in your hand, um, looking at it. I had a student who um, taught me to, and I'd love this because I could never grow an avocado seed. People would always show me these cool avocado plants and they'd put it in the water and it would grow. And I'd always tell him, I can't grow one. What is your trick? And what he would do is he said, I would I put it in my mouth and I walk around for several hours singing, praying, um, just, you know, keeping it, making a connection basically is what he was teaching me. And so this is what I do with, now you can't do that with every seed because, you know, like if you had a detura seed, that's poisonous. So we don't put poisonous poison in our mouth. So be very certain of what you're using. Calendula is not a poisonous seed. And um, the one seeds, or really important seeds to me that I use when I'm going to plant them are Moringa seeds. Moringa is a tree. It does not like the cold. So you have to have a greenhouse or you have to grow it indoors by something warm. If it goes under 50 degrees, it's not going to grow anymore. It'll, it'll die. And, um, but they are some of the most powerful seeds to put into your mouth to learn about you know, what energy is contained in a seed. You will learn it by putting one of those in your mouth. 
And um, so we take the seed, we, we look at it, we look at its shape, we look at the color of it, and then we put it in our pot. Or if you're going to grow it in the garden, you put it in the garden. It's cool to grow it in a pot because you get to watch it every single day and you're reminded of it every day. Whereas if it's in the garden, you might forget because it's not right in front of you. So, um, you know, if you're, and also people who live in the city, if they don't have access to land, which I've had many students that have come here, I said, I have nowhere to plant zero. And then I had one student who her entire balcony was just pot. She just grew every seed I gave her. She put in a pot and she had the amazing jungle on her, on her balcony. So um, you look at the seed, you plant it, and then you watch the sprout come up. And so you get to see, you get to acknowledge what does this little bean look like? Who does it look like? Because sometimes they look similar. Like when I'm growing the tobacco, I'm always out there. Like right now, it's too, it, our, our nights are still cold, so the tobaccos won't come up until it's really warm. The seeds, at least. I know people keep them in the garage, and then they'll take them out, and they'll, they'll continue growing. But from the seed, they, you can't tell if it's a weed. And so this is why it's really important to watch them in the pot because then you get to recognize, okay, this is an elm seed. In, here we're surrounded by elms. And so we're weeding all spring long, getting rid of the elms. And, but you know what they look like. So you don't accidentally pull up your tobacco or you don't accidentally pick up your calendula. You get to recognize them. They're two first leaves. And when you're doing this, this is what I call relationship. This is what I tell people. If you could learn to do this with the plant, you could learn this process with other, other beings, including human beings. And so those of us that struggle to have a really healthy relationship with other people, this is a way to retrain yourself, to, to watch this plant, to see what it does, to see how it's going to react, to see how much water makes it happy, or if you overwater it, what does it look like? Sometimes they give off a smell if you overwater them. And so you start to get those subtleties that you've been tuned out of. We, we, we're, we don't live in nature, so we don't see those things. Even one of, the, one of the strongest points that I learned from Mino is that each plant has its own sound. And, and I was, my mind was blown when he said that. I was just like, what are you talking about? They have a sound. And then he, sh you know, he went up to the plant and he would shake them. And he goes, listen to the one this one makes. And then listen to this one. And they do, they make different sounds as the wind blows through them. Some of them, you know, have like a, a smoother movement. Some of them shake and they make, a, a, you know, like a, a rattle sound. And so um, there is more to them. And, and, this is, and this is one of the reasons why I call myself grandmother herbalist instead of master herbalist is because I feel like I my understanding and my knowledge of the plants to people who don't haven't worked with the plants have not worked with them as long as I have I may look like I'm a master but from my point of view I know there's so much more to learn from them and every year I learn something new and I learn from my students there's things that my students I love this when my students come to me and they and they give me a gift of a new um, plant friend or plant relationship so when you're working um, in the garden or you're working at home with any of these plants, you also want to be open to recognizing this is a bean. You know, it may not speak the same language as me. It may not have eyes and ears and a nose and a head and feet like me, but it has, you know, it, it's alive and there's something that it's teaching me. And I just need to uh, be committed to allowing myself to watch this. 
calendula is a powerful um, anti-inflammatory. So you can um, make teas out of the flower petals. You can make tea out of all the all of the plant part, but it's a little more bitter, whereas the petals are um, more gentle, very smooth when you make a tea out of them. Um, one of my favorite things to do with calendula is to take the flowers and place them in oil. So I dry them. It takes about, in, in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, it takes about four days for the flowers to completely dry. Um, probably in, in wetter places, it's going to take a week to two weeks, depending on how wet your, your place is. But here in Albuquerque in the summertime, they dry pretty quickly. And then I'll take those dried flowers and I'll put them in oil. And the oil that I use here is sunflower oil because, and, and I just, you know, that's from observing my garden. Every garden that I've ever planted anywhere in, um, in New Mexico, I've always had sunflowers come up. And so I feel like sunflowers are, you know, they're here to um, protect the garden, be part of the garden. They're part of my family. And so their oil is going to be a good oil for me. And, and it's very moisturizing. And so I use um, sunflower oil. It's okay to use whatever oils you prefer. Some people use um, olive oil. Some people like jojoba oil. And whatever you happen to, you know, that um, affinity with, you just feel strongly that I love this oil. I'm working with this one. That's fine. Um, but I, I'll take the flowers and I'll fill up a jar halfway with the flowers, with the dried flowers. And I don't push them in. I put them in really loosely. And then I'll pour oil over that. And I'll make sure er everything's covered halfway is good because if they um, hydrate and they fill up the jar, then you're not worrying about them, you know, pushing themselves out of the oil. You want them immersed, fully immersed in, in, the, in the oil. And then I'll let that sit in a not direct sunlight, in kind of a, you know, indirect sunlight. And, in, and I'll leave it there for two to four weeks. Sometimes it goes a little bit more. Always put the date on there because you'll never remember especially if you start making more and more oils and stuff and tinctures, then you'll forget. So it's really important to put the date and what you put in there and what the oil was. And then um, once, once it turns to four weeks, you can pour off the oil and you can um, discard the, the flower parts. I always put everything into my compost. So everything goes right back to the earth. Um, I take that oil and I use that oil predominantly um, to do belly rubs and especially working with anybody who has any um, sexual traumas. And so that's any kind of sexual abuse. It is very effective for helping um, when there's been traumas in our life. A lot of times we have like reproductive organ issues where there's imbalances or dysfunctions and and so if somebody comes to me and they're, they're working through menstrual cycle issues, or even men, men come to me also, and they'll have um, reproductive um, issues. And, and I always, and I always ask, you know, for their permission, you know, is, is there a trauma that happened? And you don't have to tell me the story. If you want to share the story, you can, um, but I, you, it's not, that's not important to share the story. It's important that you recognize that there's a connection to that trauma that causes, you know, dysfunction and pain in our body, that it could be that. And so that's what we do with the oil. We do belly rubs, we do massages on our belly. 
And whenever we're massaging our belly, usually we do this at night or right before we do meditation. So that way, if there's anything that needs to come to us, it'll come to us. Um, we, we, we go in a clockwise direction. And then when we find pain or we have a memory come to us, then we do a, a clock counterclockwise direction. We'll rub that area in a counterclockwise direction. And then we pull it like it's a root. We pull it out and then we throw it out of us, ourselves. I tell people to have a candle lit and so that they can throw it into the fire and ask the fire to transform this. And then afterwards we take a cold shower and then we ask the water to bless our body and to also help transform this energy. I call the, um, the spirit of the water. I call her our mother, our transformational mother energy. And I always ask her to help us transform this energy. And, um, and sometimes, you know, like if I'm lazy and I don't do those steps, I tend to get more aches and pains in my body. So those are also lessons to me. And I take it like that. I, I say, okay, I was being lazy and I was, you know, in a hurry. And so I neglected that part. And um, so it's a lesson to me. Like if I, if I don't take these steps, I'm going to be hurting. And so not to, you know, be tough on myself. Although, you know, when I need to use tough love on myself, I will. But in this case, I don't need to smack myself with a ruler and say, it's your fault. I just say next time we're, you know, we're going to do our cold shower. We're going to make sure we use those steps. Um, the work. So that's for people who want to learn to work with plants. Calendula will grow inside your house and it'll produce beautiful flowers. You do not have to make it into the oil. If you don't want to, you can just sit with it and tell it you know, I have these traumas and, and I want to dream with you, put it close to your bed at nighttime and see if the plant will speak to you during your dreams. Um, the other work that uh, Mino and I do, so people will come here and we work with the sacred tobacco. This is not commercialized. We do not buy our tobacco. We plant the seed here in the garden. We've been planting the same seed over and over again. Um, since 2009, we were gifted some Hopi, um, heirloom Hopi tobacco. And um, what the story that I um, heard was that the, the Hopis were gifted this tobacco seed from their indigenous brothers from way down south in South America. And so um, when Mino saw these tobaccos, he says, those are my brothers, hermanos. When he looked at him, he said, those are my hermanos. They're my brothers. And so he recognized him instantly as his brothers. He's grown up with them his entire life. And so we planted them. We've harvested the seed every year and we replant them every year. We, pat, we share the seed also. So if people ever come out here, we'll pass the seed to them. And sometimes I'll mail it out to people. Not right now during our um, isolating and staying home, but I will at other times. Um, Can you address why tobacco is important? Because you know, we live in a culture where people who are concerned for their health yeah. probably are only around the, the negative use of tobacco, the Absolutely. unhealthy use of it in cigarettes and tobacco yes. addiction. So here right. we are on a program talking about healing. Yes. We're addressing tobacco. So can you tell yes, our listeners? I will. Bit? Yeah. So when, um, when Mino first introduced me to using the smoke of the tobacco, I had this uh, reaction, you know, strong reaction. It's like, no, that's going to get in my lungs. It's going to uh, harm me, you know, and I reacted the way we've been taught. But the difference was when I smelled it, I had a different reaction 
This is not the same product. When you burn a cigarette, the smell that comes out, and I don't care if it's, you know, what people call organic tobacco grown by, you know, organic farms and stuff. Um, when, it, you know, like American Spirit or something, like people say, this is, it's clean. When I smell it, it still has a chemical smell to it. Whereas ours, this tobacco, this smoke is clean and clear. It is strong. It's very powerful. I'm not saying that you will not have a reaction to it because it actually is, has the ability to draw out of us. We call it, we call it one of the, um, we call it one of the elder plants, you know, one of these sacred plants. And in Mino's community, it is the highest plant. There's no other plant. Even, you know, a lot of people think ayahuasca is the most powerful plant in the jungle. And, and, and um, in his culture, they don't call it ayahuasca, they call it camarampi, but they still don't consider it their, their elder. They consider their master plant, the tobacco. It has the ability to draw out from people, to bring balance to a person and to connect the person to who Mino calls Pawa, who I call creator. Um, this tobacco smoke connects us to creators. So that channel also becomes clear and open so that we are not making stuff up in our creative minds, which is okay. I mean, that's okay to do, you know, it's appropriate at certain times. But when we're doing prayer and we're asking creator to guide us, then we want to, you know, clear all of that ego and personality stuff so that creator is, is actually guiding the healing and the treatment. And so that's the difference between um, the other thing is when we are planting the tobacco, I have a job planting as the woman, I plant the seed and, and um, Mino digs a hole and he, both of us care and we love our tobacco. We love on it. We're, when we see it, we're touching it, we're petting it like it's a pet, you know, it, it really is loved on and cared for. And so this is why I encourage people who are smokers, you know, that smoke these, these uh, commercialized um, cigarettes that really can cause harm here in, in the United States, well, all over the world, they can cause harm. And the reason why they cause harm is because there's so much chemicals that they're laced with. And the way that they're, um, the production of them, people are, are forced into labor to do this and they're not they're not, uh, there's no reciprocation of, you know, of you did this work for me, you know, they're, they're slaves basically. And their mental, whatever's going in there is going into the plant, mm. you know, like I'm going to make a ton of money off of this, you know, it's all that greed and all the, you know, it's goes into those plants too. So when you're smoking, the reason why you get addicted to it is because the plant itself is broken and it's looking for harmony. And so when you work with the tobacco that we grow, um, you're working with something that already has harmony in it and it's balanced because there's a masculine and the feminine there that both love on it and care are the care you know like this is gold to us we're like precious my precious you're getting that balance of that energy from the masculine and the feminine so that's the difference yeah well that is a very different way of describing tobacco mm -hmm. as a sacred plant compared Absolutely. with the way that i think we look at it in our society yeah so bernadette this has been so wonderful that's going to bring us to the end of this session but i want you to tell people um not only the contact information but what what do you offer to people both who live within your community and people from outside who might be interested in learning from you and from mino 
Okay, so um, Mino and I, we do, if you come to Albuquerque, there's an Airbnb. Well, now during this, um, the isolation, we, you know, you can't stay in the Airbnb, but um, in the future and in the past, we've always had people stay in an Airbnb and then they'll have three treatments with Mino, um, with the tobacco treatment, or people will come here to in groups and we'll do tobacco ceremony in the back. And the tobacco, the group ceremony, the tobacco ceremony is about an hour and a half long. And we walk you through it, how to work with the tobacco. And a lot of times clearings will come through that, that um, process of working in the group. Um, and it helps with group, you know, that people who are trying to solidify their group connections. And so that's why we do the group. When it's individual, it's usually some kind of um, physical, emotional, mental issue that's going on with the person that they need to break that, um, what's holding them back, what, what's not being cleared through them. I also will do um, consultations. I'll do health consultations over the phone. And I also do card reading. So I work with the Tarot. I have a special deck that I work with. I don't do fortune reading. It's not fortune telling. I work with people. I do the medicine wheel and I show people where they are right now in their life on the medicine wheel what are their challenges and what are their tools to help them get out of this and um, what the possible outcome will be if they do the work to get there and um, we do travel we have traveled out there to new york with you and maddie um, we have gone to ohio and we've gone to um, georgia and uh, we go to colorado every single year and we'll do treatments on the community out there. So if anybody wants to bring us out, just call me up and I'll tell you, you know, what, what you need to do to bring us out there. We, you know, it's really, we can work, work it out. However, people want to work it out. But my contact information for finding out more about how we do those um, individual treatments or group treatments. He all, Mino also does house, house clearing. So for people who, the house is acting funky on them and they're not able to get whatever sometimes it's ghosts or sometimes it's just energetic um stuff that's affecting the family and he'll do clearings also on those so the way to contact us is www.shabeta s-h-a-b-e-t-a.com that is wonderful bernadette it has really been a pleasure. I hope people will contact you. Well, and thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you, everybody out I there. I enjoyed it too. This has been fun. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. This has been Cultures of Health and Healing with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show and share it with others. Until next time, remember, your health and healing matter, and you can find your own unique path to optimum wellness.